2: To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for another episode of the Scobro Show. Of course, my name is, uh, well, firstly, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Dave Schofield, joined as always by my big brother, Rich Big Bro Sco. How are you doing tonight? Oh, yeah. And
1: Dave, looking good. You've lost some weight in the last week. And, and the hair—you have hair.
0: I—I—I I, I not want to spoil spoil it for anyone, but uh, yeah, it was it was a busy week for me. Um, uh, as you can see, a, a little bit of a physical change. You can probably hear my voice too for the people on the audio side, but oh, uh, uh, to, to to spoil the fun, I, I guess I'm not quite uh, Dave not, Schofield, not, you're uh, not to, quite to,
1: Dave, but no. Um, uh, which actually has me a bit upset because now I can't say, you know, I'm the better looking person on the podcast tonight. So
0: <laughs> now we'll call it 50, 50.
1: <laughs> hey, uh, uh, I'll throw a quick apology out there to everybody that's sitting in the live chat, wondering why we are so late getting going tonight. It is 100% my fault. Um, as you can tell, I'm not even donned in any Steeler gear tonight. Um, uh, Kyle had a baseball game, and it was an hour away from here. It started at 6 o'clock, so as soon as the game got over, we were sprinting for home. So um, that's why we are on a little later than usual, but Dave wasn't able to be here at all tonight, So, um, but it didn't stop him from chiming in about 10 after 9, Michael, texting me, are you guys doing a show tonight? It's like, <laughs> like, yes, had a baseball game. We'll, we'll get it rolling so, we so how, how are things up there you know I, I took responsibility for the lateness you know I wanted to blame Canada but you know how are things up there in the in the great white north?
0: Well, it's a beautiful day, uh, nice and hot up here. Popular, to, uh, contrary to popular belief, I should say, but uh, on the west coast, what it's it's only a few minutes after six thirty here, so super on time out here. So all good for uh, our west coast <laughs> listeners, at the very least. Oh yeah,
1: um, I just apologize to those on the. Well, of course, then we've got you know we've got. Um, marky d uh already out there in the live chat so who knows what
0: time what time is it in australia now mark <laughs> um I, I should also mention a quick uh, scheduling note uh dave and i are uh, flipping hosting duties this week uh dave will be uh paired up with jeffrey benedict tomorrow wednesday night for a special vertex podcast so if you check out those articles you're going to want to check out that podcast i believe it's the first time those two have ever done a solo show uh, just the two of them so uh check out uh, dave and jeffrey somewhere around uh, nine o'clock tomorrow night and of course you can get that on the podcast platform uh in in the a.m but uh for tonight's show of course there really isn't any breaking Steelers news but uh Big bro, uh, Rich. Yeah, I, I don't know what's appropriate here. I, I feel like everyone well, at BTSC. Yes, well, you, you can call
1: me either Rich or Big Bro. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bounces back and forth, so I get used to it. <laughs> you know, the only the only major stealer news I saw today was the story out. You know about Mason Rudolph. You know, being asked about. you know. Oh, hey, do you think you're their parent? Well, what do you think he's going to say? No, I'm not the guy.
0: But you know. <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, you you absolutely hit the nail on the head with that one. Uh, it, to give him credit, he he said all the right things. He was asked sure he about did. the other guys uh, uh, that the Steelers added in Dwayne Haskins and re-signing Josh Dobbs. He, he was all for the competition. So by all means, he said it, all the right things. <laughs> and to your credit, what is he going to say? No, I suck. I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to be the starter. No, I'm now. not.
1: I'm not playing this year to try to become the Steelers' next starter. I'm just, you know, auditioning for other
0: teams. Yeah, that does kind of transition us pretty well into our topic tonight. We're going to run through the roster, really, kind of the big names uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and kind of deduce uh, our feelings on each each of these members and how we kind of feel they're going to perform in this 2021 season. I think a good place to start is with a couple of the new guys, and maybe we should turn our uh, attention directly to Najee Harris, the Steelers' first round pick. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a ton of pressure on him uh, to perform, because really, from the moment he was drafted, uh, yeah. the, the kid was uh, placed as the number one running back in the depth chart, and you can see that from OTAs. He's he's taking all the first, first reps, and he's taking the most reps, so uh, I think it's pretty safe to say he's going to be the RB1 right away, but what do you foresee for uh, this this young guy in year one, uh, Big Bro? Well, I, I think he's
1: prepared for it because not Najee knew when he was getting drafted at all that somebody was going to draft him to become their workhorse back. And when it was the Steelers, it was obvious that they were drafting him to be their workhorse back. Um, I'll tell you what I'd like to see and kind of what, if I, what I expect to see. Of course, you'd love to see the guy, you know, totally, you know, lead the league in rushing and all those kinds of fun things but I, I'm not necessarily expecting that from a from a rookie. Um really loved I'd love to see him get about 1100 yards. If he got 1100 yards, I'd be ecstatic. That's rushing. Then throw on another 500 receiving maybe and so you're talking 1600 all-purpose yards. You know, um will he get that? I don't know. Is he capable of that? Yes but the question marks that are still up there that we'll go on to talk about here in a little bit will be the line in
0: front of him. Oh, exactly. Um, and the thing is, I don't even think 1,600 yards is unreasonable. We know he's going to get a ton of work in the slot, and the Steelers, to your credit, Cal running back, they're not going to uh, branch out and uh, give 10 snaps a game to Benny Snell. It's just not the way they worked. Uh, whether or not James Conner was healthy, whoever number one guy on the depth chart was, that guy was getting the, the majority of, of the carries and a significant portion of the snaps. So uh, did you see anyone behind Najee Harris as kind of a clear-cut running back number two at this point? <laughs> it's I don't a tough know. There,
1: there, there, that's a tough question because I could put different guys in there for different reasons. You know, I'd kind of like to see Anthony McFarland become that guy, but I don't know if he's totally that guy yet. Um, so I'd probably give just, you know, by a hair, I'd say probably Benny Snell. Um, but I think Ant-Mac is right there in the mix, and I think the Steelers would love to see him grab that spot and go with it.
0: Yeah, I I think that's probably the uh, ideal world, especially in Matt Canna's offense and someone that's a completely different style of player uh, between the two running backs. Najee Harris, uh, I think his perfect complement would be someone like Anthony McFarland. So I I think that's probably the goal. We'll see if they get there, but uh, it'll be interesting to watch how that breaks down, but Like you mentioned a little bit earlier, the the most really important spot to Najee Harris' uh, success and really the entire success of this offense is going to be the offensive line. uh, Anthony, uh, Tony Defio kind of lit the Steelers' world uh, on fire through a (laughs) proverbial grenade in uh, Steelers' uh, social media verse with an article he wrote, uh, what, uh, Monday, uh, about Kendrick Green having the potential to be the greatest center in Pittsburgh Steelers history, of course, if you know Tony's articles, a lot of it's satire, a lot of it's just to get you thinking. But boy, oh boy, did people react to that one. Uh, It it was a lot of fun, but uh, bless him, because I I don't know if I could take that much heat on an article. But what do you expect from Kendrick Green? Is it too soon to be calling him the greatest center in team history? Uh, Very
1: much so. Okay. But I know why the Steelers drafted him. I mean, that guy looks like he could be a Mike Webster kind of center. Okay. Mm. He's, he's got that similar build. Um, he's got that little bit of edge to him. Uh, like, like Mike had, and you know, could he be? Yeah. He, he, potentially could be anybody potentially could be, um, Way too early to totally hand that over to him. But he has the potential that he could be great. Um, but, the yeah, the big question out there is, is he even your week one starter? You know, Dave did the article on the last time the Steelers had a third-round pick, you know, pretty much start the season as the starter and finish the season as the starter. And you had to go all the way back, I think it was 1953, Um, wow. You know, it was, yeah. So there, there are some guys that were in there kind of close, but the Steelers have never totally leaned on a third round draft pick to be in and be the guy from day one. Now they do second round picks. They do first round picks, but not a third round pick. So that's going to be something to watch throughout training camp It's going to make training camp so much more interesting to see. Can Kendrick green win that job from the start
0: yeah that's that's one of the things I'm definitely tuning in for amongst a ton of other positions when you look at that center spot specifically of course uh, I guess the the two veteran guys at the top of the depth chart you got JC Hassenhauer and BJ Finney do you see one of them as kind of a clear cut above the other one that is really the main competition for Kendrick Green or is it kind of uh, whether or not Kendrick Green is good enough then we're forced to play one of these other guys
1: Me, I would feel comfortable, you know, if they're wanting to ease Kendrick Green into things, I would be comfortable with B.J. Finney as their starting center. Okay. Um, I was not overly impressed with Hassenauer when when he was playing last year, Uh, but I would be okay with B.J. Finney. But I think they brought B.J. Finney in to be a, hey, could we get maybe three weeks out of the guy until we can get the rookie ready to roll?
0: Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with that. That's just the Steelers' DNA uh, when it comes to their, their holes. They'll try to sign someone on the cheap, uh, let them start for as short as they possibly can before the, the rookie yep. gets comfortable enough to take over. I think that's what we'll see there. The two guys beside him, though, uh, of course, Kevin Dotson is going to be a full-time starter this year. It's pretty unquestioned. David DeCastro reprising his role that he's held for close to a decade now it might even be a decade uh, now that I think about it. But uh, do you think the guards are going to be better this year than they were last year when the majority of the time is Matt Filer and a pretty beat up David DeCastro?
1: Um, if DeCastro is healthy, I really like the set of guards and they might be able to early in the season, you know, make up for what you could maybe be missing in the center spot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. I think I think, uh, I think Dotson and Dotson specifically is gonna he he just has that kind of that angry dude in him that uh, I think he's gonna kind of pull a lot out of Kendrick Green playing beside him where they're just mean they're physical. You look at the the guys the Steelers are rolling out on this offensive line, and really that's that's kind of the the one defining trait about all of them they're all just nasty dudes when it comes to run blocking. I I, I totally kind of see the unit take a step forward just based on that mentality. Yep. David DeCastro specifically though, do you think his best years are long gone? Uh, are are do, do you kind of expect what we saw in 2020 to be what kind of winds down the rest of his career? Or does could he still have another good year left in him? Oh, he
1: David DeCastro still has some some tread left on the tires okay but it's not the kind of tread you saw from David decastro probably in like years three and four of his career it's probably we're looking closer to the to the sixer or, or yeah little more wear he's never gonna be back to you know arguably the best guard in the league or anything like that but he, will still be an, an anchor and a good veteran presence on what could turn out to be a very young offensive line for the Steelers.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, David DeCastro, of course, in this, this team being so uh, cash-strapped when it came to the salary cap, why they kept him around there just it not that veteran uh, in that locker room, especially on the offensive line after Pouncey uh, retired. Uh, and, of course, Filer comes out west uh, and uh, Alejandro Villanueva going to visit the enemy in purple. DeCastro's that voice now. He, he's he got to be that guy. I, I think yep. it, this is going to be a really important year for him to try to maybe break out of his shell to a degree. Like, we know he's not the the most talkative type, uh, but it, he might be someone that needs to step up when it comes to interviews to just try to take some of the pressure off the young guys. I, I think this is going to be a big year for David DeCastro. Outside of the field, even it, it, it's going to be a challenge. I, I I'm interested to see how he handles it, but uh, I, I'm pretty confident uh, that he will do it well. Outside of the guards, though, of course, the tackle spot is something that the national media trashed the Steelers all off off season long about. Uh, Chuk's core for Zach Banner coming back. Man, uh, you you thought the Steelers made the biggest error in history at the draft when they didn't take a tackle until the fourth round i, I, I think Steeler fans realize that they we have something in a core foreign banner i i think they're better than a lot of people think would you agree with that do, do you think these guys are serviceable or do, do you think uh, or do you lean more to what the national media tends to think when it comes to that spot
1: no i think i think the guys are serviceable and then the question just came down to okay if we didn't go the direction we did in the draft, What in the world were we supposed to do? Okay. You you weren't going to take, you weren't going to take two offensive linemen in your first three picks. There were some folks that thought that Steelers might do that, but I knew the Steelers wouldn't do that the same way. They're not going to, you know, draft back to, you know, in consecutive rounds, draft back-to-back edge rushers. You know, it's just not what they're going to do. So then they had to stop and look and say, okay, well, what do we have in terms of line? Where do we need to address? What needs to be addressed earlier? What can wait? Now, everybody was surprised that they didn't go center earlier than they did. But I actually thought that was a pretty good move because I think they knew green was their guy and they knew where they could get it. So it was like, okay, Let's get the running back in the first round. Then they had the, that second round picks. I called it. It was the that was a luxury pick, and then get the center in the third round. Um, I, I don't agree that they've necessarily made a big mistake. Um, I think they could get by this. Yeah, you know, they may be looking at it as as a team that hey, we can get by with with Chooks and Banner this year, and then maybe we look into tackles. Either it, either in free agency, because remember, suddenly we got a lot more cap space next year. Um, so, do you go and get a tackle in free agency, or do you look to draft one next year?
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good point, and I'm curious your thoughts on how it actually does play out. Do, do you think this might be, of course, Chooks for is on the final year of his deal. Zach Banner mm-hmm. uh, just signed a two year extension, but of mm-hmm. course, short term deals are uh, pretty cuttable when it comes to year two, do you foresee this duo at tackle to play any further than 2021, or could this just be a one-year experiment?
1: Um, I think the Steelers would like to see it go past 2021, but they're going to use this year to evaluate whether or not that is the best thing for the team.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, obviously that's that's most likely uh, the way they go about it. Did um, you kind of branch off and kind of start to look at more of the skill position guys here before before we get to the big names? Um, what do you think about the Steelers' tight ends? Uh, of course, Eric Ebron and Pat Fryermuth. I, I think this this is going to be a kind of interesting dynamic. Uh, one guy's a better blocker; the other guy doesn't really block at all. Uh, how do you kind of see the, the playing time roll out here? Uh, is Ebron going to be the guy? I,
1: I don't know. Throw in the Matt Canada offensive system, and I'm not sure. Uh, tight ends my biggest question mark on how everything's going to play out. I'll tell you what, it'll be wonderful to have two two decent pass-catching tight ends when we get in the red zone. It really oh, yeah. will open, you know, it could potentially open up the playbook. Although we we never did get to see last year, Dave and I constantly talked about, you know, would the Steelers run guys out on the field to try to create matchup situations and they didn't do it. Yeah, we didn't see um, James Conner, Vance McDonald, Eric Ebron, um,
2: Claypool. Derek Watt, Derek yeah, Watt Derek and Watt.
1: Claypool. Yeah, you know, we wanted to see something like those five guys or juju or something, you know, one receiver, two running backs, two tight ends, see, you know, let the other team throw out what they're going to play defensively, and then we could adjust, make our adjustments at the line to whether we wanted to run or pass based on what what they set up with in formation. And we just didn't do it. Will Matt Canada look to do more things like that? I don't know. It's yet to be seen. But um it sure would be nice, you know. If that option is still there because you've got two tight ends that can really, you know, can catch the ball well.
0: Yeah, and that's that's another storyline to watch out for is how the Steelers kind of uh, deploy their units because when you look at their depth chart, they have a ton of different potential personnel groupings that are really exciting. Uh, before we move on to some of those players, though. If you had to pick one tight end to have the better season, do you think it's statistically? Do you think it's going to be Ebron or potentially the rookie taking over?
1: If the Steelers have to stay pass heavy, it's Ebron. If we get into, if the Steelers get into more balance in their offense, look look for this to be a pretty even split. I would say between the two.
0: I, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. It, excuse me if, if you hear a siren going by my they're window. are coming for here. you.
1: you are coming <laughs> for you. <laughs>
0: um, But, no, I, I, I 100% agree with your assessment of the tight ends there. Uh, if, if the Steelers have to throw 600 times again next year, yeah, Ebron's probably going to get a ton of targets. But uh, if they're running the ball a lot, they're going to want the guy that can block better on the field. So, 100% I agree with you. A little bit earlier, you brought up Derek Watt's name. Yep. I think this is an interesting guy that we should definitely touch on. Uh, he he was the missing man last year. The Steelers paid a ton for a fullback. He, I, I believe he's the second or third highest paid fullback in the game. The, sure, he battled the injury a little bit, but he only missed four weeks last year. Uh, what do you kind of see from Derek Watt? Like in 2020, I think it was three straight weeks he was wide open in the end zone. Ben wouldn't throw him the ball. Uh, yep. No, when he was on the field, it, it just seemed it just seemed off. He's a Matt Canada guy in college. Do you think Derek Watt actually lives up to this big contract? Or is this just a head scratcher of, of all head scratchers? Uh,
1: I really hope he does because otherwise we paid an awful lot for, a gr- yeah, I mean, he's a great special teams player, but we paid a lot for a great special teams player. I'd like to see him be more involved in the offensive scheme. Okay. It, it, supposedly he can catch the ball pretty well, you know, And he can block, you know, he he could be that, as I like to call them, the fullback of yesteryear, you know, Mm. that that's what they did. They could block, they could carry the ball once in a while, but they can catch passes out of the backfield.
0: Yeah, Uh, if uh, depending on the system, we've seen Derek Watt kind of line up in that kind of a tight slot role, uh, like a wing back. I I could see him used a lot like that. I think he's going to be most successful with his hand in the dirt, either as a tight end or in the backfield directly in front of uh, Najee Harris and company. Mm -hmm. Man, he, he needs to have a more, more of a role in the offense. I think considering how much he's paid for a fullback, because otherwise that could have just been another weapon and money spent elsewhere. And it, it, if it was a tool to re-sign T.J. Watt, oh, I hope he t- takes a huge discount to play with his brother. But uh, I, I think that might be enough fullback talk. Maybe we should we should hit on kind of the big five names of this offense, uh, the flashy guys. And, and there's none bigger than one big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, what is this, year 18 uh, for the uh, Ohio native? Uh, what, what are you expecting from uh, the future Hall of Famer? Um, if, if the Steelers have to look for
1: Ben to carry this team, that is not, I think, what we need to be looking for. However, if we need to look at Ben to lead this team, that's what he can do. Okay, he can lead it. I still think he's very capable of leading a team, but I think we're past the point where he can put him on his back and say, come on boys come with me i'll carry you to victory um i think it's got to be a total team effort to get wins this year and the question is going to be is is ben ben's leadership is it going to be up to par enough to help that happen
0: yeah and (sighs) It's going to be tough. I, I think Ben could still will them to a couple wins himself. Like, I Like, I I don't think he, he's going to, like you said, I don't think he's going to put the team on his back for 17 straight weeks and then the playoffs. That's just, that's just not a good recipe for a, a guy his age and this point of, of his NFL career. It's going to be something to watch, but are you concerned that he could play 17 games like how the last six games ended for the Steelers and, like we saw in that Bengals game when he was just flat out awful. Do you have any concern that we could have a season of that? Um,
1: I would hope that if we were having a season of that, that Ben would be pulled and yanked and someone else be put in to go. I mean, if it looks like, the, you know, if we're constantly looking like the first quarter of the playoff game against the team from – up on Lake Erie. um, (laughs) Yeah. Then I I don't see how you can, you know, if we're getting too much of that, I don't see how you can keep him in there. Now, do I, I, I don't expect that. Um, I, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is going to let that happen to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I kind of agree with something Dave was talking about a couple weeks ago where actually he won't be surprised if somewhere in the middle of the season, suddenly Ben has an ankle injury or something and misses a couple of games. Wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: Yeah, you know what? That would definitely make a lot of sense. Like I could see him play after the bye week, he plays the week eight game or maybe two weeks after that and finishes the game then all of a sudden has an ankle flare up like you said yep. that wouldn't surprise me at all because we saw him kind of what fall off a cliff and really to their credit I will say the Steelers their bye week was was eaten up they practice all week then didn't play a game uh not much of a bye week and then their mini bye week they ended up practicing for what 10 straight days before they actually got to play Baltimore <laughs> yeah so there was zero break last year so Oh, hopefully an actual buy and an actual Thursday night game might might heal him up a little bit, but I, I totally agree with that point. I wouldn't be surprised if he missed a couple games or like Peyton Manning in his last year just didn't play like six starts and, and they just give a couple games to, to Rudolph or Haskins. I, I don't even remember if that was injury. I'm pretty sure Manning was healthy enough to play, but they just uh, they just didn't let him play. He was, see that.
1: he was healthy enough to sign my nephew's sign at Heinz Field. Oh, there you go. So, you know, he could lift a marker and, you know, sign his name.
0: <laughs> as long as he didn't turn his head too fast, uh, those yeah. uh, neck fusions. I, <laughs> uh, I'm not too sure you want to mess around with those, but uh, let's get into the receivers. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a later break uh, for this episode, but uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, one of Ben Roethlisberger's favorite targets the, the last couple years is coming back at a one-year deal. Is he gonna make it worth it, worth his while taking less money on, on a one-year, very incentive-based deal to uh try to make more money in 2022? Um, yeah,
1: he, he took a little bit, he decided it was better for him to gamble on juju, um, hoping to see that salary cap number go back up. Um <laughs> for next year so that then the ability would be out there for him to make some more money. he had made it very well known. He enjoyed playing Pittsburgh. He liked playing with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, He would love to stay in Pittsburgh. So he's like, you know what? I'll take a little less and roll the dice. I mean, that's really what he's doing. He's rolling the dice on himself. But my thought is this, if you're going to bet on anybody, why not bet on yourself?
0: So, yeah, yeah, uh, and really, it, when it comes to anything, uh, if, if you're going to learn anything from today's show, always bet on yourself because uh, you, you know what you can personally do. But uh, looking at this entire Steelers receiving core, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another jumbled mess of four guys right around 800 yards. That wouldn't surprise me no, it wouldn't considering surprise this me a bit either. And you know what? I think financially that might hurt you a little bit uh, next offseason. Uh Was it the best system for him? Probably not. Like uh, we saw Ben just refuse to throw it to him deep last year. Uh, That trend can't continue if Juju's uh, ever going to look like uh, his rookie and sophomore seasons. But uh... well,
1: the only thing I'd say about that is, you know, when he was playing, you know, his rookie and sophomore, especially in his sophomore season, he caught a lot of short passes that turned into, you know, 60 yard touchdowns. The problem last year was with no no running game and really no deep threat. He was catching those short passes, but the defense was so condensed into a small area, he had no room to operate. Does, does Matt Canada's offense help fix that issue? Perhaps.
0: Yeah, a, well, a lot of play action. Hopefully a lot of play action on the horizon that Ben buys into and actually wants to run well. Uh, th- there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding that. Uh, but I, th- I think Juju is probably, if they're not jumble up in like an 800 yard cluster, like I mentioned before, he probably is the most likely guy to crack a thousand yards past him though. Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. I, I think he- Either of the two, I think one of them is probably going to have a pretty significant breakout season and kind of pulls that pulls away, even as the Steelers' number one wide receiver. Who would you say is more likely between Deontay, the the, the shorter uh, route running guy, or Chase Claypool, the, the bigger bodied, uh, more of a deep threat uh, type of target? Who's more likely to take? Oh, that step?
1: I I got to stick with you know because a couple weeks ago when we did our top five of who could I see you know having the biggest jump from last year to this year, I said Chase Claypool. And I, I just expect to see more more receptions, more splash plays. Um, just, you know, he, he'll have actually had a regular offseason under his belt um, versus what we had last year. And I thought he played great last year with very limited work. Um, so I, I'm going to say it's probably Chase Claypool.
0: Yeah, I, I can totally see that, too. Um, it, I think it comes down if they can connect on those deep shots. Uh, yeah, yep. I've talked about it before. Uh, ben Ben was just way too trigger-happy when it came to the deep ball. We saw when he stuck in the pocket. Of course, he took that huge shot in that uh, game against the Houston Tech and Texans, I believe it was, when Claypool took it 75 yards, I, I believe, for his first career score. Um if he hangs in the pocket, I think Chase could have been one of the deadliest deep threats in the league last year. So, if they can get that figured out, I'm I'm right there with you uh, on the Claypool bandwagon. Past those three receivers we mentioned, though, the next two guys, James Washington, of course, kind of rounds out the the core four receivers. But then there's Ray Ray McLeod behind him. Uh, Ray Ray, of course, he got to he got a little bit of action after a being pretty successful in the return game. But uh, is there one guy that you think could be used uh, used more, I guess, in the Matt Cannon scheme? Because, of course, we're going to see all this kind of shifting motion. Uh, Ray Ray might be someone that they kind of like uh, running across the field on those end arounds. I'm not sure James Washington's that guy. Could you see James Washington take a step back in this offense that doesn't really fit him uh, all that well?
1: Again, it depends. To me, I'm wondering how Matt Canada will scheme it all out because James Washington, especially if you start to spread out with a bunch of receivers and not tight ends, James Washington plays like a tight end. You know, he plays real, you know, as we always say on our, you know, Grandpa strong. You know, he's that guy not afraid to go across the middle, go up and get the ball, take it away from guys if need be, and play really strong. So I could see some situations where Canada has receivers on the field but would use James Washington more in what you might see routes run by a typical tight end.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I can definitely see that. I, I think James Washington has earned Ben's trust maybe more than anyone else. We saw that late in the season. We um, did see that. That lob pass against the Ravens, which <laughs> – I'm still surprised it wasn't intercepted, uh, and a few others. Uh, James Washington kind of got the targets in crunch time, so I think that's going to keep him alive in the offense a little bit. But I, I don't know how much he's going to play unless there's injuries, to be honest with you. it Just looking at the offense, the tight ends they have now, the yeah, running backs. It, it, isn't it nice to be sitting there and thinking, wow,
1: James Washington could be tough to get a lot of time on the field, but oh, unless somebody gets injured. Well, when somebody gets injured, we're going to be awfully happy that we have
0: James Washington. <laughs> absolutely i i wholeheartedly agree with you on that before we transition to our break though specifically the offense here is there one position that uh, kind of ranks above the rest that you're most concerned about um yeah i'm probably still most concerned about the tackle positions
1: um mainly because you know we'll be moving chooks over to left tackle and um zach banner coming off the injury now, those two guys pushed each other so hard last year and they really wanted the opportunity to someday both be the starting tackles on the Steelers. They're now going to get that opportunity that they could be the, the two starting tackles. But they're still the ones that, trust me, I'll be watching closely during training, camp, preseason and further to see are, are either of these guys going to be able to stick around or are we going to have to go another route?
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that one. Uh, I can't see that spot being one that you bring in someone after training camp. So I I think those are going to be our our guys this year. Uh, Outside of that, I I might go with Ben Roethlisberger. If he can dial the clock back, if an extra year passes, elbow surgery is enough. We could be in for a special year, and it could catch a lot of people, myself included, by surprise. If Ben looks like old Ben, it could be a really, really good year. Um, stay tuned. The second half of our show, we'll break down the defensive players, uh, maybe get into some other stuff if there's time, but to just hang tight. Uh, if you're listening to the audio platform, uh, make sure to click over to part two uh, and listen to some more action between myself and big brosco.
2: Anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.